Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Mercy Bell and Chad Milner are the proud and relatively well-rested parents of a charismatic and adventurous five-month-old. Stanford grads with a passion for podcasting, they found their two-week journey with sleep training to be so transformative, they wanted to share their experience here on the podcast. Mercy and Chad, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jane. Glad to be here. Hi. So before we get started, I have to share the story for how this interview came about. I was on the phone with Mercy and we were chatting and I was just so distracted by the beauty of her voice. I hope I'm not embarrassing you right now, but this is this is true story. I was entirely, I was totally mesmerized and I just kept thinking that like, if her baby was crying, all she needed to do was start talking. And I bet he would be soothed by the sound of her voice. Anyway, <laughs> for those who know me, you know that I am a straight shooter. I say what's on my mind. So I like blurted this out. And I told Mercy that she had the most beautiful voice ever and that she needed to do something with this. And she said that she podcasts. And so that's sort of what um, started this whole thing that that I have Mercy and Chad on the podcast today. It was fate. And I just felt like I had to have her on my podcast. Um, before we get started in our conversation, um, I want to sort of say out loud that this podcast is not generally about sleep training. It's about sort of the business of becoming a sleep consultant and uh, what it looks like to work as a sleep consultant. I thought it would be really interesting to have a conversation with a family to sort of get to the bottom of like why people hire sleep consultants and mm. and what is that all about? So before we get started, would you guys be willing to share a little bit about yourselves and your family and maybe why you decided to reach out to me in the first place? Yeah. Honey, you want to go? I want you to go first. Oh, I love do you that. have the podcast I voice? Let's... I do have the podcast voice. Funny enough, Chad also, also have a podcast. Yeah, he does. He has a podcast <laughs> coming out and he produces them. Somehow managed to like do that all like while sleep deprived while we had a newborn. So he's amazing. Um, okay, so we are um a couple in Boston. We have a five-month-old son um named Amari, and he's uh fantastic. We um I think this is our first child. It's definitely both of us have had like a lifestyle of like travel and work. And so it was just a total tectonic shift in our lives to bring this little human home. Um, And we both work from home and we both work a lot. And so just learning this new routine and schedule has been been wild. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And I'm wondering, and and maybe this is like a difficult first question, so I'm I'm just coming right out of the gate with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you felt any shame or like sense of failure that you needed to hire a sleep consultant. Mm. Loaded, I know. I'm sorry, but I just want to like I know. put it out there because I think it's no, a I think it's a thing. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we did. I don't think uh, I can speak for us both. I think there. I think 
you know, Mercy's um, straight up millennial. I'm sort of millennial Gen X threshold. Um, and like our generation, we're, we're, we're leaning on tools, right? We're, we're, we're constantly, you know, looking to Google, looking to our app, looking to our feed to try to, you know, gain insight into sort of what is happening in a process that we're not familiar with, right? What's new and parenthood, this has been a perfect example of that, right? So the Mm -hmm. first thing we go to is that, um, and so, you know, I know when Mercy found you, you know, she very quickly was like, all right, well, let's try this, right? Because this is a tool that we could try to try to solve this problem. Um, and so I think I think that was part of the impetus that led us to you. And I don't think there was shame, but Mercy may have some. No, 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 I totally agree. I agree with everything that Chad just said, but there's something else here that is like so interesting that you see it as a tool because when I was thinking about sleep training, um, I was on the fence because I thought of it as like a philosophy and almost like a moral stance in the same way that like I thought of like the the debate on like, you know, I don't even know what the other options are, but there's a lot of other options. And they also coast like, you know, it's like it's just like and let them let them do whatever and wake up whenever and but biological, whatever. So there was, <laughs> like it was to me more at the time it felt like more loaded to hire a sleep consultant because to me it was almost like saying i was taking in a new philosophy or choosing a side um but the reason why to chad's point i felt such a conviction i didn't feel any shame i didn't feel any like i didn't feel like a failure i felt like i had heard so much about you and so what Aww. it actually was wasn't the tool of sleep training it was two mothers that like i would i would but if they had said anyone's name with the way they said yours, I would have hired that person immediately because it was just like the conviction that there was a person mm. that was going to help me. It wasn't feeling like I was becoming a sleep, ch- you know, like it was just like Jane is this human that, and let me tell you how my life changed in two weeks. So for me, it was actually not a tool, but now it feels like a tool. But at the time it was just like a, a, a new human. Yeah. I, I love that to- you just said that. Oh, hold on, Chad. I want to just interrupt you for a second. Uh, like Mercy and I did not, I didn't even send Chad and Mercy my list of questions or anything that we were going to talk about because I really truly wanted this to be a totally honest and authentic conversation. I really do believe that that's when these conversations are the best. And I love that you just said what you said because I'm sitting here in the chair as the person who now trains, mentors, certifies others to become sleep consultants. And what I'm always telling them is that the key to a successful business is like you, it's yourself. It's putting yourself out there. You're not just a sleep consultant, you're Jane or you're Melissa or you're Stephanie or you're whoever you are. And you are showing up with the highest level of support and the knowledge and the everything that you are giving to your clients is like, that is the package, right? And, and you're not just another sleep consultant. I can't tell you how many people say to me, like, are there too many sleep consultants out there? Like, should I even bother getting into this field? Is there enough room for me? And the way that I see it is like, no matter what, if there were 100 million sleep consultants in this world, I would still be me and I would still be showing up and supporting families the way that I support them. And I think that there's always space for that. So I just love that you said that because it's what I'm always telling people and nobody believes me. So you literally just like put it on a silver platter. I love that. Um, And I love that Chad said that there that for you, it was just like, a tool and it was a resource. And, you know, I think that that's, I think that that's really 
important and it's true that like we should as new parents line ourselves up with tools and information and resources and i think we're all living in this world that feels really hard and lonely sometimes right and and when you do set yourself up with those tools and resources um we're all better positioned to thrive i think mm -hmm. Yeah. I also had written down, I was wondering if you felt like there was any stigma around hiring a sleep consultant. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Mercy, maybe that goes back to what you were saying before about the like polarization of like what sleep training really is, right? If it's, if it's like you're going to sleep train, that's sort of you adopting a certain philosophy in your parenting. And did you mm -hmm. feel like that was really loaded in a way that was uncomfortable for you in any way? With some people, definitely. I mean, there are people who are like, wait, you're doing what? And there were other people who were like, can you send me the link? And then other <laughs> people who kept checking in, like, how's it going? And then I have friends now who are a few months further along without maybe looking at sleep. Like I also noticed there's, a, there's an avoidance with some parents, like separate from whether you choose sleep sleep training or not, you know, or you, you, you take time to work with a sleep consultant. I have friends who are just like avoiding that conversation with themselves and with their partner. And they're now hitting up against as they get closer to the year mark, like some serious, like, oh my gosh, this has to be addressed. Mm -hmm. However, they decide to address it. So there was some people who were like, oh, it's really great that you, you know, took this on now. Chad, <laughs> Chad had so many friends tell us. Oh yeah. Well, to I, do this. I had, yeah. so before we had the baby, two of my really, two really, you know, fairly good friends who I trust, I've known for years. I went to college with one of them. I grew up with the other one. One lives in London, one lives in New York, you know, so we're in touch over WhatsApp mostly. And they said the two pieces of advice were sleep training. Like both of them were like in different words, were like, if I could give you one piece of advice, it's don't sleep with your child. It was what that's the extreme of one of them. But the other, you know, the other guy, he said, you know, he has two kids and he said, that's the one thing I, that I would have done differently is, you know, work on that earlier on. Um, and so that stood out to me, right? Because it, it just seemed like two separate voices kind of saying the same thing. It was very specific, something that I wasn't thinking about at all. Same. Like having a baby, I'm thinking about a million other things. Um, and then the other thing I'll say is that, you know, the process itself is the opposite of a lot of other processes that happen early on. So everything else felt really intuitive, like about trying to understand what the baby's asking for, kind of feeling your way through situations with the nursing and like answering, really answering the question to him of like, he's saying he wants something and trying to figure out just like, what is that immediate thing he wants, right? Whether it's food or a diaper or something else. And this really takes you out of that, right? This really asks you to say, no, like here's this kind of other level of helping him right and so it's not giving him what you think he wants right in that moment it's introducing him to a process that's mm -hmm. about a little bit of self-restraint or a lot of self-restraint mm -hmm. some discipline repetition mm -hmm. um so i'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit but i think that for me it was i saw it as a really welcome challenge and i i had heard about it and so i felt like man like let's get in front of this before yeah um before we're that person on the other side saying, oh, man, I wish we had done that. Or so that was my my experience coming into it. And Chad, don't you think that like a lot of what we've been working on together is, you know, even if we're not giving Amari exactly what you think he's asking for in that exact moment, 
we're really actually doing a lot of practicing on listening to like what his actual needs are rather than just assuming what his needs are, right? And actually listening to like, is he just making noise because he wishes he was asleep versus needing to be fed and really getting in tune with what those different sounds sound like so that you can better meet his actual needs rather than just like silencing the noise. Right. Absolutely. And what is it, you know, and what does a baby really quote unquote want to like a lot of times as parents, like we're, we're actually addressing our own needs, right? It's about, well, what I, I want him to stop crying. Right. And so <laughs> he wants this so that I can make him stop crying versus like, maybe he's frustrated, right? Maybe he's trying to work through this totally new process for him. And that's what I'm hearing versus let me figure out how to shut him up really quick because he drove me crazy. fair and it's I also think there's like not a big conversation about how hard it can be for there's a there's rightfully like a lot of spotlight on mothers because you know we I believe we experience the cry differently just biologically that's just my that's my experience I'll speak for myself but having a son I think there's something really profoundly challenging and important I, when I watched Chad put Amari down and Amari was you know like he was like protesting a little bit there's something about watching like a little you because Amari does look like a little Chad watching a little you kind of have to I guess struggle in the sense like not get exactly what they want that's kind of like existentially hard like in a way that isn't hard in the same way for me like it's mm-hmm. my son and I'm it's that's challenging but to put down a little version of you like literally <laughs> looks like you the little little you's like don't don't do it yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. just that moment it's like it takes the restraint is like our on our part it's it's yeah, it is. It definitely, I can piggyback on that and that like when he's upset, like he looks a lot like me and maybe it's because I'm seeing it in him. Right. So, you know, that upset face, I see myself right away. And so yeah. it's like, there's a moment where you're seeing yourself look at you upset and you can't really immediately fix it. Right. And so there's yeah. this I don't know. You have to really work through that. And it wasn't a long thing for me. Like I wasn't caught on it for a long time, but there was moments where I was like, oh man, I have to surrender to this. I have to let go. Like I can't, you know, I can't make him feel better right, right, right in this very moment. And that's okay. Even though it looks like me looking at me upset. And working with (laughs) us understand what is actually better for him. Like he's fine. It's literally us going through it. Right. Like it's like this had nothing to do with his actual discomfort. This was about our discomfort, you know, and and having that reflected a few times just in how we spoke. And you would share like, you know, like the language we're using and the way we're approaching it and thinking about this. Sometimes it's um, it's almost like it really is about us and not the baby that like the things that we're so freaked out about, we have to look at and kind of handle over here because he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> there were times he'd be you know, really up, quote unquote, upset. And I pick him up, you smile immediately. <laughs> like, gotcha. Mm. I was like, oh, <laughs> fine, dude. Yeah. Mercy, during our time together, you often referenced the experience as being transformative for you. You said it a few times. Are you willing to share what you meant by that? Yes. There's layers. It's a layer cake of transformation. Um, the first layer is, actually trusting another person to help me see what I can't see as a parent. Like in most areas of my life, I'm extremely self-reliant. I mean, I will like maybe go to a book. I will like, you know, potentially like have Google be a friend, 
but to really trust another person in this case to work with a sleep consultant to 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 be open and receptive to like new ideas and to their expertise that was transformational for me just as someone who like generally likes to go it either kind of alone or like in a small huddle with my husband so it's made me more open generally to like just asking for help getting other suggestions from human beings and like not doing this by myself or in a small two person unit um the second thing is that it it encouraged me to not um it encouraged me to to look at my own discomfort as a parent which is like mostly around not being able to immediately fix even things that i'm not even sure are problems but that that general sense that like to be a good human or to be a good mom means that like i erase my child's ex- like human experience like they don't get to feel discomfort cuz like a good mom doesn't let her baby have discomfort or or challenges and in fact it's the opposite so transformationally like I want to be the type of parent that gives my child the gift of things like a bit of frustration or boredom mm. because these are the things in which like I had actually as a kid ironically they've probably built some of like the parts of myself I like the most and yet here I am trying to like shield my own child from the experiences that will give them a chance to build tenacity resilience a sense of um home within themselves and these are things I promised I wouldn't do as a parent I was reading baby books the only baby book i read was bringing up bebe you know mm-hmm. like this whole yeah. style of parenting like you give the parents like a little bit of time you give the baby time to cry okay well mercy you said you're going to do this and now you have a baby here and quite literally you're either putting the nipple in his mouth because you like can't even bear a minute of his crying or you're constantly reading up on things you can do to suppress his negative emotions and like that's not the type of parent i want to be And so transformationally sleep training gave me the opportunity working with a sleep consultant to do this differently to interrupt my habit of trying to stop him from having his own experience of life. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think it went beyond for you guys. I think it went beyond sleep training it, and you touched on this um i think during this process we all worked together to help you to get comfortable with just managing his day in new ways right to prioritize his feedings to really pay attention to make sure he was getting enough to eat all day long uh because again like babies can't be in charge of that right like he doesn't know what he needs all day long, right? Like he he might ask when he gets really, really hungry, but we want to stay on top of it and make sure that he's fed um, fully and wholly all day long and, and that he's getting the right amount of play. And, and you mentioned the right amount of boredom too, right? And physical activity and fresh air and all of those things, just like keeping an eye on the big picture of his day and, and what it looks like to, you know, survive life as a baby. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. I think another, what that brought up for me too, I think just having this relationship with you over this relatively short period of time, like working with us, working with a sleep consultant. Um, one of the things I noticed is it, it really disrupted a sort of binary two binary relationships like the me and mercy right because a lot of times it's the two of us it's Mm -hmm. just the two of us and him and i realize that's not the case for everyone even if it's a single parent it's just you know you and the baby 
And then this idea of right and wrong, right? So for the first however amount of time, you know, you're dealing with these situations and you're labeling them, okay, that was right or that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there's two of us, right? And then, so you're also like navigating that relationship. Well, I think it was right. And you think it was wrong, or we both think it was right. And then, so having like a third person to bounce, just that being conversation with just really disrupted that in a healthy way where a lot of times you're like, well, you know, maybe we were both wrong or maybe there was no right or wrong there. And just having that opening and having it, you know, over text and in a situation where you you, you normally don't have a line to the outside world. Um, and then having it with somebody like you who's gone through it. You, I mean, we know you've gone through it with other parents too. So there's like a moment of like normalizing, right? Like, okay, this just happened. And just hearing you say like, oh, really? Okay, well, yeah. you know, try this or you know what? You're good. Just, you know, this, that or the other. So I'd say like that was another really positive aspect of this process has, has been just, again, interrupting that us versus the world or us and the baby, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I actually, I think that's a really good point. I noticed actually, when I was working with you guys, you you did want to be, you wanted to do things right. Right. <laughs> um, and you always wanted sort of validation that you handled it the right way. And, you know, parenting is, it's a process, it's a journey. And sometimes, as you said, like there are no like definitive rights and wrongs. They're just like, did that work for you? Did that feel right? Did it feel in tune with what Amari wanted or needed? And it's not necessarily up to me to tell you whether or not you did it right or wrong, but like, how about let's just self-reflect and did that, did that feel right? Like, I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago, maybe one of you guys put Amari down for a nap when like, he wasn't looking so tired, right? And, and he was having a really hard time. And so my thought is like, well, was he acting tired, <laughs> you know? And, and I think you guys were like, no, actually, I don't think so. But I was just worried that it was time, right? So those are the types of things that, you know, sometimes having a, a third party, as you say, or just like another set of eyes that's not emotionally invested in the situation the same way. I mean, I was emotionally invested in the situation, but I think differently than you guys. Um, I, I agree. I think that that's helpful to get sort of outside perspective on what's going on, because when it is your baby, sometimes it's really hard to see the bigger picture. I think that's a huge, hugely important, um, like it's almost like a check, like the sleep to me, like the voice of the sleep consultant in our, in my experience was like challenging this idea that everything was a failure or a success. It was just more information and there was always another opportunity. I feel like a very common theme in like your your messages to us was like, we can try that. Ne like there was this forward looking, never back, like, mm -hmm. you know, well, like, let's go dissect the last three days, everything that did. It was just like, okay, well, let's try this for the next. Right. Let's make this, let's make an adjustment let's for the an next and see how that happens, how that works. Which we weren't doing with each other. We were just relitigating, if I might yeah, say, sure. like how it had gone the day before and like, you know that meme from Always Sunny in Philadelphia of Charlie? There's like this meme of like trying like a, like a conspiracy theory board with like strings trying yeah. to connect like the magical formula of how to do things. Yeah. And then you lose the process in that too. So like I think underneath all that, I mean, this is a I don't want to call it a program, but it's a philosophy, it's an approach, right? And so if you're constantly dissecting, how did this go? How did that go? What yeah. was right? What was wrong? You lose the big picture, right? And the big picture is that it's an arc, right? 
it bends towards, you know, success or justice, however you want to put it. And um, it's like what we experience, you know, like if we really look back, we're like, wow, he improved so So much much. and we learned so much. And you know, we never would have got there if we were worrying every step of the way. Did we do this right? Did we do this wrong? Like, no, we just continued to kind of try it and make small adjustments, but also surrender to it too, to say like, hey, we're trying this because we don't know, not because we know. And so um, it was just wonderful. It was wonderful to kind of like just loosen up on the grips of the parenting steering wheel, which as soon as you leave that delivery room, like you're just like on it, you know, you're responsible for this tiny being. And so you're being vigilant and oftentimes hypervigilant. And so I, I appreciated this process in, in that, again, it was, it, it just allowed us to kind of to to try something over a longer like kind of timeline versus like just the just the moment of what's happening so proof is in the pudding people. yeah uh, mercy's mercy's showing me uh the image right now of the monitor and and amari is sleeping beautifully for nap time today so that we could have this conversation and i just want to be totally transparent with everybody who's listening to this because i think that when people listen to a podcast with you know a sleep consultant talking to clients about how this experience was so transformative this case was not a slam dunk okay this is a family that I gave an extra week of my time to because we weren't killing it for the first, you know, like we were not done. Typically, when I work with families, more often than not, we're in a good spot in, you know, five to seven days or 10 to 14 days. And um, this family needed a little bit extra time from me. This was not a like a A plus slam dunk case that was just in the bag. This was a situation that I think required some extra time, some extra TLC, some extra support, all of the things. Um, And I would say that you guys are probably still a little bit a work in progress. You're still trying to get to the the finish line. I don't even know if there ever really is a finish line for what it's worth, right? But, um, you know, I think that that's important to say, because it's really easy. It would be so easy for me to have a family on the podcast that literally like, you know, we sleep train their baby in three days. And oh, my gosh, this was perfect. And that was not the situation here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's so important to highlight that even in situations where it doesn't end up like necessarily 100% picture perfect, the experience and the process can still be really beneficial and really transformative for the family, the parents, the baby, the entire family as a unit, I think that's worth highlighting. So important. Yeah, that's like something we know, of course, because we're living it. But yeah, I can't express enough that like I came into it, I thought very like result oriented, meaning like I like he's going to sleep through the night every night from this point forward. That's how I know this worked. And what we've come to is that this is completely reoriented how we parent. It's going much better. We see progress. Like it's not linear, like every night, every, you know, but it's like Chad said, the arc of it is absolutely up and to the right. And most importantly, there's going to be things like this, whether it's, here's what I've heard. Every single parent has, the, there's going to be a challenge that comes up. Some babies sleep through the night, you know, beautifully. And then they have XYZ, whatever. There's always an, like an unforeseen kind of X factor without going into, you know, yeah. into the, the weeds of it was. It's always, I mean, that's almost a lesson too, is that you have this and it's working, it's working. And then 
something comes up with him, right? Like he has a, a, develop, a developmental milestone that's completely external to the process that interrupts it. And so then you have to adjust. You have to say, okay, I have to pause. I have to recalibrate yeah. and I have to return in a different way. And for us, that's what happened. And, you know, when you hit that, that block, you, you know, you, you go back to those old thoughts, right. Of like, man, I'm not good enough. This isn't working. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you learn that that's, Hey, like, no, well, like, that's true. a part of it. And yeah. I think that was almost like the bigger, a bigger, a as big win for us was like just mm -hmm. having that challenge and being able to adjust and see it through. And, and like, yes, he's still learning, but like we, I think that was a yeah. big lesson for us and a really great yeah. experience. I wish it wasn't called like a sleep consultant is such a narrow term because you really did more than that for us. It was it was much more to me about how we orient ourselves as parents and how we care for our child. That's going to apply for whether it's sleep or some other like drama du jour. So there's something here that is a total win that is going to carry through past sleep. Like, let's say tomorrow he starts sleeping beautifully. I would still use the principles of how we work together for anything solids. Uh, first day of school jitters. Like, you know, I love the example you gave around like math homework. Like I cried over my math homework and you know what happened? I didn't have to do it. And now I can't do math, y'all. So <laughs> I will spreadsheets. He's good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate the two of you trusting me to sort of hold your hand through this process and to walk you through the trenches. And um, I'm really grateful for you being willing to take the time to have this conversation on the podcast. I hope that it shows listeners that uh, what we do is more than just helping to sleep train a baby. And I do think that conversations like these are really important to helping us as a perfect, you know, as professionals, advance our own careers. When we have parents out in the universe, like you guys, I, you know, I, I think you guys are going to be the people that tell your friends that this type of support is really valuable. And, and that's really important for us as sleep consultants. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have cross paths with you guys. And um, I hope we'll keep in touch. I know that we will. I, I will never forget. I, before we wrap up, I have to tell everybody about the Canva little thing, right? So before we even got started, when I got an inquiry from Chad and Mercy, Mercy sent me like a Canva graphic about Amari. And it was like a picture of him and his stats, like his weight and his height and that he was breastfed and all of these things. And literally, I was like, this is my family. Like, I will be working with this family, you know? And so I want updated can Canva graphics, maybe like every three to six months. I want like a new bio. <laughs> and, and that I, I really hope that, that we can keep in touch um, for a really long time. So thank you. Same here, Jane. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.